Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity, with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to call in your ancestors and mine. I'd like to call in all of those who are good and true and beautiful, those who lived back in the old, old ancient times when the world moved more closely to the essence energies. It was not quite so filled with um, electronic signals and radio and TV and all the voice communication and all the distractions and all the media and all the spins and all the stories that move us in this day. I call out to those ancestors that are so ancient. We can't even imagine their lives in the simplicity and the closeness and the direct relationship with the essence energies of life. And so we call out to these ancestors to come forward. It's been a long time since we've bothered to talk to you. We call out to you to be with us here today to help us to understand the true essence, the energies that move and weave and create our lives. So we call out to the deep energy of the earth to be with us here today, that most ancient ancestor for life as we know it. We call out to the earth and we give thanks for a home, for a place to gather. We give thanks even for the technology that allows us to gather in this way. We give thanks to the earth for this place to create, to innovate, to be new. We call out to the earth to be with us here today to hold us well in our conversation. And we call out to the sky energies above to bring us blessing, to bring us protection, to bring us the generosity of our universe, bring us innovation and creativity, bring us inspiration, bring us that ability to be together in new ways. And finally, we call out to the energy of the heart. We ask today for the heart to open and to be clear, to be strong and full, and to be with us here today while we discuss the energy of essence. So we call out to these energies to be with us here today to hold the space, that we might have a fruitful conversation that what needs to be said can come through, and that we can all open our ears and to hear whatever it is that we need to hear. We call out to these spirits to be with us here today, and I give thanks to them and to each one of you that is bothering to take the time to listen. Whether you're listening here live, the show is live today, you're welcome to call in or to email a question. But also those of you who are taking the time to download, and every single one of you that has taken time to pass the link to the show on to someone else, that we might build this community of people learning to listen and to act based on the messages they receive from Spirit. So today, without further ado, we will go forward into our conversation today about the importance of essence. And so, what you should be thinking right now is, what is an essence energy and why should I care? And as I said in the write-up about the show, and by the way, we do send out an email Monday just letting people know what the show is going to be about and a reminder of how to connect to it. If you want to be on that list, just email me at christina at Center. Dot org, and we'll be happy to put you on the list. All you get is the email for the show. If you want to be on the whole mailing list for everything Last Mass Center is doing, you need to tell us that. Okay? So, back to what I was saying. If you got the email for the show, it starts out saying, essentially, if you say you love your car, or you love that fabulous new purse, what does it mean when you say, I love you, to your wife? Or you tell your friends that you 
finally find that you're in love with your boyfriend. What does that mean? So what we're talking about today is how we can cause very, very important energies in the world around us to fray through our casual usage, through not thinking and not understanding who we are and how we move power in the world. So to get to this question of, so what is an essence energy, Christina, and why should I care? So what is an essence energy? Well, recently I was really smacked in the face reminded about this. Um, So let me share this simple story. I was presenting at a conference in British Columbia. This was the Society of Shamanic Practitioners Conference in Canada. The Society of Shamanic Practitioners is an international organization. Um, There is a conference offered in the U.S. every year, but the other branches of the um, organization also organize their own conferences, sometimes little regional one-day conferences and sometimes great big conferences. So Jean-Luc Edwards, who has been interviewed on this show, please you know, click E in the episode directory and, and listen to that wonderful um, conversation with Jean-Luc. Um, he, as the generative force of the Wolven Path in Canada, worked with his people to organize and present a wonderful conference this November um, up um, north of Vancouver, Canada, up on um, Squamish land. And with Jean-Luc offering this conference was um, Howard and Elsa Malpas, who are his teachers from England, and they are also interviewed in one of the shows, just click M on the resource directory. And um, in addition, Alan Davis was there, who is the president, I guess, of the Society of Shamanic Practitioners, and he's also been interviewed, click D. Anyway, so they're all there. And I was up there to teach, and I came a day early for some other proceedings. And as we were, um, and I could feel how powerful it was to be up there on ancestral land. I mean, there are indigenous people living there on their ancestral lands, quite beautiful, beautiful country. And yet there was this growing disturbance while I was there, and it was sort of growing slowly from a very subtle feeling, you know, over many, many hours until the morning before I was going to present. They, I could really identify these feelings, and it kind of scared me because for the first time in 20 years probably, I felt as if I was in over my head. I mean, I'm always in over my head with shamanism, frankly. And so I've sort of gotten used to that. So this was the first time I felt, wow, I'm really in over my head. I'm not sure I can pull off the presentation I have committed to offer at this conference. And I was feeling um, very, well, for obvious reasons, very disturbed by this. So in the morning before my presentation, I'm still having figured out how to solve this problem I'm having, um, I participate in a fire lighting ritual where we're going to ceremonially light the fire that will burn now through the entire conference. And part of the beauty of this conference is it was at a Easter Seals camp that was more outdoors than the conferences usually are in the U.S., and so we could burn a huge fire and have it going throughout every day and night of this conference. And so... Prior to my class, we go to this fire lighting ritual, and the fire is called out, and we beseech the fire to come and join us, and we speak to the fire as this ancient grandfather, and we nourish the fire with ancient and traditional offerings to the fire. We feed it things that are rich in symbolism and meaning to people. 
But it's people who are feeding the fire. It's people who are calling out the fire. And we feed the fire following a tradition where there are 12 different woods for the 12 different movements through the season. And then 12 different people come up and offer this wood to the fire for the completeness of this cycle. And it goes on and on. And as we feed this fire and the fire comes to us, we begin to allow the fire to enter us and to move us and to give over to the fire and to feel what it wants and to move through the offerings. And everybody's making offerings to the fire. And this ritual becomes this huge celebration and honoring of the fire. And in this, I feel that we not only tapped the true essence of fire, but that we danced with it, we celebrated it, we, we reunited with it as contemporary people who many people don't even have a place to have a fire in their home any longer. And so in this, I left this ritual, I felt completely different. And what I felt as I tuned in to the why I was feeling so different is I felt finally, suddenly, there was this foundation under my feet. And that now I had help to offer this presentation I had agreed to present. And that I was not alone any longer in taking these very trusting people on this long experiential journey. I was going to take them on in the afternoon. I felt the fire there. I felt the fire holding us and fueling our journey in that throughout the whole afternoon. It was an amazing presentation, not because I was any different than I usually am, but because the fire was there for all of us, um, giving us the energy and, and lighting our way, literally, giving us the feeling that we weren't alone and we could go deeply into the dark adventure of this class that I had scheduled, planned for people because of the fire. And so on one hand, I really want to honor Jean-Luc and Howard and Elsa for tapping this essence energy and feeding it throughout the entire conference. It completely changed the depth, the value, the quality of everything offered throughout that conference. And I've been to many, many conferences in the U.S. I've been to a lot of shamanic events over the last 20 years. And my, the second thing I would like to say, although this is a topic for another afternoon's talk, but when we do not tap these essences, I wonder if we're, ever, if we're actually truly practicing shamanism. I mean, this is our job as the shaman in the group, guiding these rituals and ceremonies, is just to tap these essence energies so that they are there in pure essence form, fueling us and guiding us and assisting us on these journeys, not tapping these psychological stories of our contemporary um, existence, but to tap deeper than that. It goes beyond myth. It goes beyond um, our collective consciousness to these essential energies that were here before humans and will be here long after. And so that's what an essence energy is. It is an energy that is sort of purely what it is, that is basic, that is um, the stuff of which everything else is made of, and that these essence energies are feed our own essence. 
when, when, when I, as a human, am in the presence of essence energies, my own essence gets fed. And so this is why we're bothering to talk about essence energies, because I want to talk today about what is required to truly nourish your essence. Because as we go into the winter time, this is our task in the natural cycle of a human. So I hope you'll join me for the rest of our show here today as we talk about the importance of essence energy. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about the importance of essence. So, why should we care? Why should we care about essence energies? Well, I'll give you the shamanic answer, and then we'll go on to something that is practical, practical application of that answer. So, from a shamanic perspective, as we have discussed many times, there is the idea that first there is a dream, there is something energetic, and that reality is what comes out of the dream. Um, and that the creation mythology in shamanic cultures is that there was a great nothingness, a great void, and for reasons unknown to mankind, the void dreamt. And out of that dream comes the physical world as we know it, and everything that is manifest in that physical world is itself a dreamer and continues to dream reality. So your ancestors dreamt of a future, and you emerged, and you dream of a future, and all that you create and your children emerge from that, and they're all dreamers. Okay, so that's one way to think about it. The problem is English. We don't really know how to talk about these things that are so much bigger than our human existence. We could also think of this dream more like um, music, like a great, vast orchestration that um, is playing um, or unfolding at a scale higher and lower than our human ears can even hear, and that that what we could understand then if we go with this song metaphor, since we don't really have words that truly describe all of this, is that the essence energies would be these pure tones, would be the pure notes, and that they vary then in countless ways to make all of the different sounds that are part of this great orchestration that is manifesting reality. And so... The essence energies are like source codes. They're, they're pure in their manifestation. And that all other energies are variations and combinations and complex arrangements of these pure energies. And so this is what shamans mean when they say we come from the four elements. And so rituals and ceremonies, daily practices begin at the four elements, by calling in these four elements in or the four directions, because these are these essence energies of which all things are made that with these complex arrangements and variations. And so what's important to understand is that through human life then, we experience not just grand harmonies, but we experience things that are atonal. We experience dissonance. We experience things that clash and and hurt our ears, in a sense, in terms of our metaphor here. And that it is part of the paradox of life that we go out in our adventure of life and we experience dissonance and atonal experiences that are contrary to those pure tones. And yet at the in the next step or the next breath or the next experience, we return to those essence energies and to the simplicity and to the uh, 
peace and resonance of those pure tones and that it is part of the dynamic of life that we experience both and somehow in experiencing the awkwardness of one we experience the um, the, the, the welcoming smooth synergy of the other um, and so it's not that pure tones are good and everything else is bad it's just saying that there are these essence energies and that everything else is a variation on that. And then in those variations, there are also things that are distortions and disturbances, and even those are part of this great manifestation. Okay. And that what is important to us is that our own essence is restored by being in the presence of the pure essences, being surrounded by the tones, and that we're... We, Essence energy resonates with essence energy. And so if we are surrounded by pure tones, our pure tones rise up. They vibrate and rise up in the same way that, you know, a tone in the physical world will vibrate a glass or something else that can vibrate in that same tone to the point of of bursting it. So we're the same way in the physical world, in our physical manifestation. Okay, so why is this important? This is important because we are humans, and in our great, glorious, creative, innovative way of being humans, because we can manifest whatever we decide we're going to manifest, we have the option to choose and end up far, far away from ourselves. We can lose the trail back to our own essences. And that's part of the great adventure of being a human. And I hear this from people all the time, you know, that, and I felt it myself, that we get far from our own essence and we wonder, how did this happen? And I'm not talking about grand events of selling your soul. I mean that just goes step by step, that we took a step, little tiny step here because we were just too tired to do the right thing. And then we fudged a little bit over here, and we wiggled out of the truth over there. And before we know it, we have simply lost the path back. So my sense is that this is why we tend the essences in life. Simply put, we tend them so that they are strong. Why do we need them to be strong? Because when we find ourselves far away, Out at sea, in the night, a lighthouse is a good, good thing. Essences are lighthouses. Lighthouses don't judge. They don't say you can or can't come in. They just say, here is a true tone. Resonate with it for a while. Remember who and where you are. And so this is why they are important, because we lose ourselves again and again in life. And we need that which will help us find ourselves. And the essence energies help us to do that. And the beauty of essence energies is they're not, their existence is dependent on the dream, not on humans. But the quality of their existence with us is affected by us. That's what we're talking about today. So whether or not we're lost or we're found, it doesn't matter where we are in our life, no matter how completely screwed up we feel, we can choose today 
to tend in essence. We can choose today that I will tend an essence, and as I tend that essence, it will grow stronger, and in the strength of that essence, I will feel a resonance of my own essence, and maybe I'll find myself. Okay? So, in a practice of shamanism, at least in my practice of shamanism, we begin by tending the essence of the four elements. Each day begins with the four directions and the four elements. We call in the energies of the earth and the air and the fire and the water. And so just like that example of, of really feeding and calling powerfully the energy of the fire in to, to support and to feed us in that conference, in our own small ways every day in our contemporary lives, in our shamanic practice, we call each of the four elements in. And through this daily tending, we create these lighthouses in our lives. And as we call them in each morning, we enter into relationship with them. We, we cultivate a relationship with them. I mean, how do you feel when that one friend calls you every four years because their life is in a disaster and you're the one that always lent them the money and had the wisdom to drag them out of that mess? But they never call you for the good times. It's a drag, right? Those relationships are really challenging unless you're really overinvested in being the savior all the time, Right? And so by tending these essences daily, we enter into good relationship, become good friends. You know, we, we, we cultivate a quality of relationship that allows these energies to become these lighthouses in our lives. And as we call them in each morning, they surround us. Literally, we can feel them surrounding us. And we can feel our own essence in the reflection of these fine, true essences that we have been tending and this is part of the value of a morning practice in shamanism, is, is to tend the essences and to call them into our life in good relationship so they can remind us of our own inner essence. Because again, the fire can't choose to not be fire. And frankly, a redwood can't really choose to not be a redwood. A human can choose to not be its essence. A human can choose to go totally against its true nature. And this is the value of the essence energies in our life, is they help us to, by, by resonating with our essence, they help us to not get so far away from it and to remember who we are. There are many, many other essences in life, many. And the question is, which ones matter to you? So ask yourself, what is it that I cannot live without? In terms of it's essential, it's absolutely essential to your life. If that energy was no longer present in any form, anywhere in the world, you would just die. That is the most important essence to you. And there's no good or bad answer. There's no right or wrong answer. There's lots of essence energies around. There's not just directions and elements. There's lots of essence energies around. So consider this as we're continuing on in this conversation. What are the energies, or even the one single energy, that if it no longer existed in the world in any form, you would die? There's a beautiful passage by Cormac McCarthy in um, All the Pretty Horses, where he's talking about the main character who is a horse man. He's, he, he can't imagine life without horses. 
And McCarthy describes him as a man who, if he were to find himself one day alive on a planet that had never seen horses, this man would know them in his dreams and would know that they are missing and would know that the world was diminished by their absence. And so that is what I'm asking you to think about. What essence energies, if they were gone, if they were no longer present in any form, would diminish your life so completely that it would feel as if it were not worth living. So think about that as we go into this break in this next section. And as we come back, we'll talk about what do you do with that answer? What do you do once you've found those essence energies that matter most to you? And we will be back after this next break. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about the importance of essence and essence energies. So before the break, I asked you to think about what essence energy could you not live without? If it was gone from the planet, never to be seen again in any form, you would just find no reason to live. Now, don't be shy about this. It's okay if your answer was sex. Sex is an essence energy. Unfortunately, so many people go through the motions without ever tapping and tending the essence of sex. Remember the story about the fire ritual I told in the beginning. What would it be? Imagine. Open your mind and all your habits and all your frustrations and all your history sexually. Open your mind and your heart and your body. What would it be to nourish and celebrate the essence energy of sex as we nourished and celebrated the essence energy of that fire? Now, this is not about your own personal fetish, but to truly tend and to give over and serve the essence of the energy. How could that change this one thing you value? Because we're talking today not just about the fact of essence energies and what are they and why are they important, but ultimately the fact that we are in relationship with them and we must tend them back to the very, very beginning. What does it mean if I love my new tablecloth to say that I love my partner? What does love mean if I'm not careful about tending this most precious precious essence energy with just my language, with my thoughts, and importantly, with my actions? We manifest all the time. We strengthen and we weaken all the time with our thoughts, with our words, and with our actions. We can fray the essence of things. We can fray these essence energies by our neglect, by our carelessness, by our disrespect, by our ignorance. And so think about this. It's also okay if your answer wasn't sex. It was something, you know, like music or children. I know people that would not think life was worth living if there were no children. Child is an essence energy. And look how we today have lost our path back to the essence of child by holding on to our stories of our own childhood wounding. We shred the essence energy of child with each repeat of that story, 
each repeat, living that story, telling that story, going on and on and on in therapy about the story of our wounding, we shred the essence of child. What that wounded child story is is a shadow of this essence energy, this most precious essence energy. What would it be if you stopped telling the stories of your woundedness? You did whatever it took to reconnect with that child and to give him or her exactly what he or she needed at that time that he or she didn't get. And that you took the hand of that little wounded child and you began to tend together the essence of child as we called forth and tended the essence of that fire in that ritual. If child matters more to you than anything in the world, how will you tend that essence with your life? And this is what I'm talking about today. And I've, you know, I've shared this story before, but I love this story about this Wall Street guy who, after September 11th, came to me because he had a ton of soul loss. You know, imagine that from living through that experience. Of course he did. So we did the soul retrieval work, and he didn't like what his soul parts needed him to do to repair. And one of the things a child part needed, who had been lost long before September 11th, wanted was wanted him to swing. And in that integration of that wounded child, by being willing to find a place to go swing in his business suit every day at lunch, and he did it every day at lunch because I told him he had to do that or it wasn't going to work. So he did. And in that, he began to tend the essence of child within him, not this wounded child that played out in all the dysfunctional relationships of his life, but he started to tend the essence of the child and of the inspiration he had felt as a child. And swinging was a way as a child that he got into these altered states. So he reconnected to his intuition, which he had had a strong relationship with as a child, and the creativity and the innovation and the willingness to say, let's do this, instead of saying, oh, that can't be done. And he began to lead his company differently. He began to engage in relationships differently because he began to tend the energy of child within himself and in his life differently. And that changed everything. And so my teacher that began my thoughts about this years ago said in talking about essence energies, he said, believe that life is holy. Be fierce in this. And I'm only now beginning, I think, to understand what he meant, that we must be fierce in tending these essence energies. It's, it's critically important that we do not just lie back and accept all the stories we are being spoon-fed, that, that the stories are like this wounded child story, the stories that that try to define for us what matters and what doesn't matter. They take us from our essence energies. They take us into these complex, distracting, crazy, contemporary stories that are really stories about commerce or about, oh, right against left, or these, these stories that aren't about what's really happening because what's really happening is happening at the level of the essence energies. Are we tending love with our lives? 
are we standing up for life in all forms, in its diversity, with our lives? What does our life stand for? What are we tending with our thoughts? What are we tending with our language? What are we tending with our actions? If we believe in love, what are, what are we doing then as we talk about Tiger Woods and what's going on in his life? How do we attend to the things that matter the most in our lives in each day? And how do we not allow this power of our ability to manifest things to be caught up in stories and repeat these stories? Again, it's a simple story about how much I love my purse, right? Because the ad told me to. And everybody told me this bag is beautiful. I mean, it's what all the movie stars are using. It's the bag of the season. And now I have it, and it's beautiful. And I love it because I'm being told that story that I should So I can be seduced by that story and the bag, or I can simply stay with the essence of love in my life and choose to love things that are worthy of love. I can still buy the purse if I want to, but do I really love it? No, it's a purse. I love my cat. I love my partner. I love my family. I love my work. I love my clients. I love my students. I don't love my purse. It's a purse. It's a beautiful purse. Maybe it's a gorgeous red purse. I contend what are the truly the essences of that purse, right? But it's not love. So if love is the essence energy that matters most to me in my life, I need to begin to watch my thoughts around love and to not be seduced into stories of what I should or shouldn't love by my media, even by my family, when they're not... Um, offering functional relationships, right? Even my friends. So we need to know inside ourselves what are the essence energies that matter the most to us and be sure that in our lives, in our crazy contemporary lives, that in our words and in our thoughts and in our actions that we tend the quality of those essences so that in those times that we are lost at sea, in the darkness and have no idea what is the direction home to myself, those essences that I have tended will be the lighthouses that help me to find the way to a shore, to something that I value, that will reflect back to me the value for my own self and for my own essence. And I can find my way back to that which matters, that my essence and the need in my soul to bring that essence energy out in the gifts, in the, in the manifestations of my life, is the reason that I am here. It is yours is the reason that you are here. These are the things we need to not be seduced away from. How you choose to bring your gifts to the world is up to you. That is the beautiful, creative adventure of your life. But the energy moving through those activities is essence energy. And for us to feel the satisfaction and the meaning and the purpose in life, we must express our essence 
through what we're doing. And for me, I lose it all the time. My own essence is elusive. I'm a human. I'm creative. I'm innovative. I make a mess. But the essence energies I have cultivated around me each morning, I call in those four directions. I call in those four elements. And I remember why I am here. So come back after this next break, and we will continue to talk about essence energies and what these ener- what energies matter the most to you and what to do with them over the winter, that they will flourish in your life in the springtime. Thank you, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about the importance of essence. So here is my challenge for you all. Take the time in solitude or on a walk or however you do it, to go within yourself and ask yourself, what are the essences that matter to me? And just sort of wander among them within yourself. I recently went to this amazing grove of these ancient redwoods, old-growth redwoods, incredible, incredible beings. And just so imagine yourself. You know, as I was this little tiny human wandering through this absolutely silent grove of these huge, enormous beings. That's what essence energies are. So you're going to wander within yourself through these essence energies and find the one that matters more than all the others. And there's no better or worse. There's no noble or selfish. It's not like that. It's about finding the true, the one that truly resonates with you. And when you're with these essence energies, you are beyond human stories, and you are among cosmic energies, and they're big. And so what you want to find is the one that stirs you more than the others, the one that confounds and confuses you more than the others, and yet it's the one that knows you better than the others. So, which one matters the most to you? There are essence energies Many, many, many essence energies. Friendship, courage, nobility, curiosity, the child, the wise person. Essence energy is all over the place, right? Which one matters the most to you? For example, for me, the essence energy that matters the most to me is love. Not romantic love, although that's perfectly fine, but um, it's the energy that binds all things, that which all things are made of, that energy. The, the essence, essence energy. That's what is really fascinating to me. And I'm not saying that's the best choice or that it's noble or anything. It's just mine, right? And I spent the last couple of years bringing my whole life around so that I could simply tend that essence in everything that I do, my work, my play, everything, that it would be a reflect so that my life becomes a reflection of this choice to serve and to tend and to cultivate the essence of love in my life. Now, I'm only bringing this up just because I want to point out it did take me a couple of years to do that. It wasn't easy. This isn't necessarily simple. I mean, it's simple. It's not necessarily easy. But, but the bigger thing is that you would be amazed by the number of seemingly unrelated problems that were solved in my life by simply choosing what matters the most to me and how do I tend that essence with my thoughts, my words, and my deeds so that I focused my life on the thing that truly matters. And that through that, restored those essence energies in my life, and through that restoration of those lighthouses, of those great beings in my life, they radiate back to me and help me to restore my essence. And so my 
memory of who I am doesn't get lost so often. And so they feed us. This internal essential core of who we are is so challenging to replenish, right? For most of us, we feel this deep thirst, this deep hunger, and we attempt to quench it with prescription drugs, with shopping, with sex, with risk, with fortune, with work, with all these addictive behaviors, even with trying to be a good person or trying to be a bad person or whatever, and it never gets quenched. You know what I'm talking about. It never gets quenched, and that is because we're not nourishing the right thing. So what I'm asking you to do is to find the essence energy that matters most to you and ask yourself, what is the first step I can take to tend this essence energy in my life? I just imagine you're here, total acceptance where you are in your life. It doesn't matter if you are just down on your luck and lost everything in the economic whatever and you're feeling crappy doesn't matter. You're lost. You're out of sea. It's dark. doesn't matter. Accept where you are and ask for the first step towards that essence energy that matters most to you. It could simply be awareness. Set your clock to go off or your phone or whatever to go off at 2.37 every day and spend five minutes meditating on your essence energy, talking to it, stroking it, loving it. Right? You could do that. If you're beyond that, just watch your language about how you talk about that thing that is your essence energy. Or maybe spend some time at the end of the day reviewing how many different ways did that essence energy show up in your day and what did you do about it. There's lots of first steps. Make them simple so you can do them. Perhaps you can start. It doesn't really matter. Just start somewhere. And in that way, begin to find your step by step by step movement towards tending that essence. And do this through the winter. Do this, whatever the winter is, wherever you live, do this through the winter. Just keep taking one step after another. When you manifest one, take the next. And begin to tend that essence energy in your life. Become more aware of it, notice it, love it. Do what is necessary to bring it more fully and completely into your life and allow it to resonate back with you so you feel your own essence more fully. Listen to that. Feel that. Let that settle in. Let that be uncomfortable. Let your own inner essence rise up and challenge the habits, the addictions, the ways you go about the day. Let these essences begin to compete with the ways you've sold out the stories you've accepted, where you've been seduced and distracted by your modern life. Bless these essences for their ability to bring you back to the core of what matters. You still have to live in the contemporary world. So do I. We all do. It's beautiful. We chose to be here now. But we can live here however we want to. We can live here tending and manifesting the essence energies that matter the most to us. So for the well of our own inner essence to be filled, we need to connect with these essence energies. We need to touch in at the essence of who we are and why we are here. We need to be there long enough and be there in ways that allow us to fill our own inner well. This is the task 
of the wintertime. Because we are a reservoir for life force. We run deep, and yet we do get drained. And we must tend the essence energies so that they are there for us to resonate with and to draw from. And only then can we draw energy or chi from the well of these essence energies to be able then to participate in our destiny each day. So I invite you this winter season to identify the essence or the one, two, or three essence energies that matter most to you in your life that you could not live without and to tend them with your thoughts, with your words, with your actions, to give them life, to give them strength with your own love and to allow these essence energies to support your own essence and to let your own essence, this is the potential to let your own essence radiate out so clearly through your life and what you do that you become a lighthouse for others. So this is what I ask you to think about, to do perhaps over the winter time. And next week we'll continue this conversation talking a little bit more about this idea of the well and how do we fill this well. It's a Taoist term, the return. So I hope that you'll join me next week. And before we go, I'd like to give thanks to the ancestors, to the earth and the sky, and to the hearts that unite us all. For more information, you can find out what you need to at lastmaskcenter.org. Thank you for being with us this week on the show. And please remember to invite others to become fans on Facebook, to send the links, and to let the word get out. Thank you all very much. Tend those essences.